Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here, and the Vikings have now pulled off five straight wins. Uh, big win over the Saints. Uh, maybe I'll start with this, Kyle. I'm curious for you. Again, you look at the final scoreboard and you see that it's a, a one possession game. Uh, yep. But it definitely feels like it's one of those games that the scoreboard doesn't really tell the full story of what happened. Because, again, the Saints obviously had a chance to to bring yeah. this this game back uh, to to they, they did have chances in a sense to tie the game. Yeah. But yeah. Um, felt like the Vikings Vikings certainly dominated most of the game. From my perspective, and I'm curious for you, like, because the second half definitely felt like some things slipped. That's the thing, like, so, okay, so if we, so kick it back, actually, we go back to Atlanta, right? Another um, NFC South opponent. Um, and by the way, it's very good that the Vikings have beat both the Falcons and the Saints, but insofar as quite plausibly, these could be two teams who you're battling with for the wildcard spot. And so the fact that you not only beat them, you do that plus one win, they do a minus one in the loss. Um, and then if there's a tiebreaker at the end, you know, it tilts towards the Vikings because you get that head to head. So that's kind of your your caveat there. Not caveat, but uh, extra bit of info. That's that's a positive thing. Uh, the other thing there, so go back to the Atlanta game. Um, I thought the Vikings had basically one good at half and one bad half. And by that, you, and you could even exaggerate, not exaggerate, but even kind of define it more starkly than that and so you had one brilliant half and one really lousy half right um and you know thankfully for the vikings sake that was enough to come up with the win against the falcons fast forward a week go to a different you know opponent from that same division the saints and you kind of have the same thing i mean the vikings had three possessions in the second quarter and they scored three touchdowns uh tj hawkinson of course was just phenomenal arguably his best game since coming over to the vikings and you kind of tip the cap you know what i mean to uh, kevin o'connell you know you can see it's a lot of man coverage from the saints and then you can see a lot of those explosives in the second quarter you know coming on these crossing cuts right it's just it's it's much harder when you start getting east west versus north south right it's, it becomes a lot more challenging to chase a dude across the fields Right. And so you kind of tip the cap. You kind of have O'Connell recognize what's happening, make that bit of an adjustment. And then, of course, the Hawkinsons of the world, the Jordan Addisons of the world, and of course, Josh Jobs, uh, phenomenal stuff. And you basically go into the half feeling really, really good about yourself. And you've got a full three touchdown lead. Now, in the end, as you're saying, it's a one score game. You basically need every bit of that. Um, it was a little disappointing the second half. You know, if if Derek Carr doesn't get hurt, I don't think this game is nearly as close. The Florida's defense, I think, more or less had Carr figured out, and we're really making it difficult for them to to do much of anything. Uh, Jameis Winston certainly has his faults, but he also has his strengths, and we were just talking about before the pod, like the dude will give his his guys a shot, right? And you even think his two touchdown passes, Sam, 
both of them came over top of Byron Murphy. And in kind of like a literal sense, you've got, you know, good sized receivers. Byron Murphy is right there, right on their hip. And you can even see him kind of try to play through their hands. So if you're if you're coaching a defensive back, right? If you can get your head around in time and get position on the ball, go up and make a play on the ball yourself. It, it belongs to you just as much as it belongs to the receiver. Once one and it's in the air, like that, that's that's anybody's ball kind of thing, right? But if the receiver has, you know, gets around and you kind of get your head around, they teach you you play your hands through the ball. So you, sh- you shoot your arm, try it, knock it out of their hands, force it in completion. And you can see in both instances, Byron Murphy's in a good enough position, tries to shoot his hands and take the ball out of the receiver's hands. But in both instances, you know, the Saints player won. You know what I mean? Good sized dudes. I don't know. Maybe that better position, better compete, whatever the factors were, they came down with those touchdowns. The flip side of that is that, you know, Jameis Winston gives his dudes a shot and Murphy ends up getting an interception on one of them. Kai Blackman, the rookie, been doing really excellent stuff, uh, gets an interception on the other one. So Jameis Winston, uh, I was going to say he's like the Lord, but I don't want to be blasphemous. But he just seems that he gives and takes away. And so far as he gives and takes away, there's that parallel with the Lord. And so uh, all that to say, I don't think it was a complete game. The Vikings haven't had a complete game yet with Dobbs, which isn't, I mean, he's been here for less than two games. Um, But you've kind of had kind of really stark contrast between each half in these two games. And so the task, in my mind at least, for the Vikings, for the coaching staff, for Dobbs himself, of course, for the offensive line, for everyone involved, is how do you um, allow this dude still be dangerous? You know, what I mean, e- even if like ex- like second quarter, three touchdowns, three possessions, like that's obviously unsustainable. Nobody can keep up that pace. But how do you still become dangerous? Because the Vikings were really, in in a lot of ways, like one more point away from like almost comfortably winning the game. Because they had an eight-point lead, you push it to even nine. Now I know you can't score one point, but you push it to even nine, and all of a sudden it's a two-position game, and that totally changes the water of the beans, right? So, how do the Vikings get there? They tried that with the fifty-four-yard field goal. Greg uh, Joseph kind of pushed it, and then they just kind of didn't have much else. There's a lot of punting the football, right? So I, I don't know what you kind of make in that jumbled mess of thoughts, Sam, but. Um, I don't think it was like a wire-to-wire complete game, even though they kind of mostly had that, that lead wire-to-wire mostly, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, again, it's easy to mm, sit here and rarely does a team put together a complete game. And again, you just look at yeah, yeah. score effects and, and that. And so, But I do think, again, it felt like the Vikings were really rolling and you do hope that, Again, you know you're as you said, you're not going to put up a touchdown every game or every every drive, but you're yeah. going to at least uh create something and be able to take time off the clock, yeah. Uh, yeah. do whatever that looks like. I again yeah. really you look at the possession numbers, pretty even split in the second half. And so it wasn't terrible. Yeah, that's right. Um but yeah, I again I I would say that I don't feel too critical again i know that the, the second half was not great and i know uh, i saw some comments that kevin o'connell took some ownership for uh the second half in terms of some of the he play did. calling and and yeah uh 
that's fair but again yeah you, you mentioned the james winston uh experience like it is something like it's just it's a yeah. roller coaster and it's yeah. um it's entertaining uh to watch i think yep. it would be hard to have him quarterback your team but he made some fantastic <laughs> plays and he made yep. some, um ill-advised ill-advised um yeah ill-advised would be that would be yeah probably a fair there were some ill-advised throws um but you also kind of give you kind of credit murphy for hanging in there like having someone catch two touchdowns over you is extremely discouraging like corner is a position that you have to be remarkably resilient mentally um almost like a closer in baseball you know what i mean like you just have to be so because your 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 errors are so obvious and getting beat is so obvious. And so credit to Murphy hanging in there. And then of course the young fella, you know, hanging with, you know, I'm talking Blackman, like hanging with Olave, who's an excellent wide receiver, excellent wide receiver. And so good stuff there, man. Really, really good stuff. Because at that point, a Caleb Evans had left the game. And so you're talking about, you know, the rookie Makai Blackman. And then on the opposite of him, you have Andrew Ruth, the sophomore. Uh, and then largely inside, you've got Byron Murphy, right? So, like, just really excellent job from the Flores defense. They've just, man, they've come a long way. And I know I was critical of them last week, and I'm not saying they're perfect and so on and so forth, but they've come a long way, man. It's it's kind of astonishing to think the turnover from last year to those opening three games to where they are right now just unbelievable the difference i don't know if they've got it entirely figured out but man i do know they make it hard on you and you kind of just you you kind of have that in the back of your mind what if marcus davenport comes back healthy and stays healthy you know what what's what's the ceiling for this defense um i, I don't know right like could this plausibly be a top 15 Flirting with maybe top 10, 12 defense. Maybe, right? Maybe. Which is, you know, they're a bit opportunistic. They create pressure. They create some turnovers. I, I don't know. What do you think? Were, were you impressed with them yesterday? I, I well, I continue to be. And I, I think one of the things that it feels like, again, not that it's always linear in this way, but it does feel like they just continue to get better and better. And I think, yeah, you know, especially when you're blitzing at the rate that they do, like, there are some weaknesses and and some good teams could expose them in, yeah. in different ways, but I I don't know. It's it's um, it's a lot of fun. It's like it's it's encouraging. Um, and and I like again, you mentioned Davenport, but I know he is he's a very good player. But DJ Wanham just feels like yeah. he's taking this opportunity and he's running with it. Good. And yeah. I like every yeah. time I see a 90 something in the back, uh, like yeah. going, I'm like, again, I know they're playing on different sides, but I'm like, was that Hunter or Wanham? And like, yeah. it's like he continually is disruptive. Um, yeah. I know yesterday, uh, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, goes fifth sack of, of the season, Number like five. making things happen. Yeah. Uh, again, guys are, guys are stepping up and it's, yeah. Um, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. You look at Wanham's build. He's got basically a perfect build. Like he's long, right? He's long. He's pretty thick. Um, 
he doesn't have the burst of, that Hunter has because I mean, man, guys of that size, not many move like Daniel Hunter. Uh, so DJ One, I don't think has the athleticism as Hunter. Uh, but man, you his build is excellent. Like he's he's built like you want an, an NFL head rusher. He looks like one. Um, and man, like he was kind of a little bit sluggish, I thought, to start the year. But again, his his kind of turnaround and his, him kind of coming on coincides with the defense. I'm not I'm not saying that he is solely responsible because there's a variety of factors, obviously. But he is one of the critical factors in that. You know what I mean? Like Batman needs a Robin, right? Daniel Hunter being Batman, of course. So he's not a bad Robin. You know what I mean? The the hope is for Marcus Davenport. And then at that point, if you get DJ Wanham as your number three, maybe he's Alfred. I don't know. Maybe we've exhausted the Batman, uh, the Batman metaphor. But like D- Davenport does a pretty good job of kicking inside, right? And so you have Wanham on one edge, Hunter on another edge, and then Davenport working either the center of the guard or some combination of that. That is a combination that's going to inspire a little bit of fear, a little bit of fear, and rightly so. Right. Like that is it's very difficult to match up with those three, especially with this kind of perpetual threat from the defensive coordinator who can basically send anyone at any time. In essence, every single player in that defense can and will blitz. Um, Some do more than others, of course. Right. Harrison Smith stands out. Jordan Hicks stands out. Josh Patella stands out. But everyone can and will blitz. And so. Man, they, they might have something. Right, they might, and, and at the end of the day, like the the Vikings' offense, so they have that amazing second quarter. Right, they go up to the big lead. They come out in the second half, they score that extra three points, and now you make it a full, like a full robust three possessions, and that's now twenty four points. And if you want to even tie this game, you got to get three touchdowns and three two point conversions. They end up only getting two in the end, and that's why they lost. But the game ended on a pair of interceptions, right? And and even within you know Winston kind of creating some offense. You know, the Vikings defense still got off the field for some punts. So, yeah, the Flores defense, man. Like, it's, it's, I don't know if they got to give him a raise or what kind of perks he can get in Minnesota, but, oh, man, you kind of hope that he sticks around. You think that last year, uh, Wes Phillips was getting a little bit of uh, interest in, in, in being an offensive coordinator. I think it was with the Chargers, potentially. Off to kind of look that up. Um, but Wes Phillips turned it down uh, and basically saying that he had unfinished business in Minnesota. Now, I recognize he's, you know, it's in one sense, it feels like a lateral move because it's one OC job, it's another OC job, but he doesn't call the place. So uh, it was kind of a mini promotion and he ended up saying no to it. And so you kind of wonder, is there any chance at all that Flores, who is almost certainly anybody who's paying attention can see that this dude deserves to be a head coach? Right. Even just in press conferences, he's phenomenal. Right. Like he's he's great in press conferences. His game plans are great. He's done an amazing job of maximizing his talent. I mean, you, you look at that defensive line. Jonathan Bullard is a journeyman. Kyrus Tonga, who is an undrafted free agent or maybe a late round guy. Can you look that up, Sam? Kyrus Tonga for the Vikings. But anyways, he came over, I believe, from the Bears. Harrison Phillips is kind of your one guy who you come into the year saying, yeah, he's he's an above average. He's not Aaron Donald. Right or DeForest Buckner, but he's you know he's a good defensive lineman. Jaqueline Roy, who's a fifth round rookie. I mean, you like you're really kind of lacking that kind of high end game breaker talent who's kind of going to get that you know that penetration, demand those you know double teams, uh, 
man, that D-line is playing phenomenally well. Uh, and then I came into the year thinking that that D-line was basically going to need to be overhauled and that they were going to get bullied. And Jonathan Bullard is playing excellently. Harrison Phillips looks like he is having a ton of fun out there. I don't know if there's a D-lineman having more fun in the NFL right now than Harrison Phillips. That dude enjoys playing football in this system. And so you kind of just wonder, like, is there any way Flores can stay? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Like, and what he means to to the Vikings and and, yeah. and, and what he's doing with some of these players. Yeah. No, I, I think, again, as, as fans, um, it's interesting when you live in a salary cap world, you think about how different guys and different players fit into the salary cap. But right. with coaches, it doesn't matter. And so you're like, yeah. you know what? <laughs> it's not my money. Like, give him a raise. Ten million dollars, yeah. like whatever, yeah, whatever true. it takes yeah. to to yeah. keep him. And again, it's um, it's a bit bittersweet, right? When you know, like, when a guy's uh, performing so well as a coach that you're worried yeah. about losing him. Like, again, you talk about bad problems to have, good problems to have. It's a good problem to have, although it it certainly is uh, would be it'd be difficult to to leave. But you just even you just wonder about the legacy that a guy leaves behind with that. And like, you you know, you've seen a little bit of the blueprint uh, of what can make this team work. And I think the hope yeah. would be at, at this point now, I think you're, you're hoping that um, there's something here and like, you don't need to, you could tinker a little bit, but yeah. uh, like, there's a lot of good things here. Um, Tonga, just, just to touch on that he's seventh yes. round uh, pick seventh round. 250 overall by Chicago in 2021. So again, like yeah, you said, okay. like there's um there's some piecing together. And and I, maybe I'll I'll wrap us up with with this uh as a bit of a question. You mentioned DJ Wanham and realizing that you know what, it's not solely on him as part of what's making this off or this defense click, but he's certainly a piece of it. And I'm yeah. curious if we look at the other side uh with the offense, like I not that you could maybe break it down into percentage because I it's mm-hmm. maybe not fair to do it. it's hard to know but I'll ask it like this uh you look at the offense you look at you know you talk about Josh Dobbs you talk about the receiving core yesterday which was very much Addison and Hawkinson uh yeah yeah I was, exactly I was yeah. very much it Hawkinson especially but yeah yeah uh that you've got the offensive line which just again seems to be taking a step and you've got Kevin O'Connell. Uh, yeah. Which of those four are you most impressed with? I mean, it's obviously Dobbs, but that kind of seems like a lame answer because it's so obvious. Look at the NFL's Twitter right now. And I believe it says in Dobbs, we trust. And it has a, a picture of Josh Dobbs. I mean, this dude is the QB. Technically speaking, he's the QB four in Minnesota. He was a mid-round pick by the Steelers, I think in 2017, Sam, or something like that. He's been around the NFL, right? He has basically just kind of captured the imagination of the NFL, and rightfully so. Look at his touchdown run and how he navigated that pocket. And then as he kind of scrambles out to his left, you know, he does that point, you know what I mean? And then it does kind of like a little bit of movement, kind of cause that defender to stop his feet for a second and then accelerate beyond him. Phenomenal stuff. Friggin' phenomenal. The poise, the athleticism, the brains, you know, just fantastic stuff. It has to be Dobbs. I will say, though, after that, it would be O'Connell. And again, I've been critical of O'Connell. I don't think he's the perfect head coach. Um, Yesterday, 
I, I, I didn't love the, the 54 yarder decision fourth and three. I kind of prefer like go for the kill shot, try try and pick up that first down. Right. I didn't love when it was like fourth and inches or whatever it was like, maybe not challenging that, you know what I mean? Or, or even, you know, trying your special teams on and are doing something. Like I know, I don't know. It's easy for me to say yada, 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 but like there are moments there where you kind of, um, you kind of want and hope that kill shot, right? For the Vikings to kind of seize control of that game. Because it just felt like they were hanging on. We built this lead, now we're hanging on, man. You think like a, a hockey team builds up that lead, and you're just content to like chip the puck out and send it down the ice, change your guys, and, and try to, you know, play some stifling defense through the neutral zone in your own zone. It's like, man, forget that. Let's get this puck deep. Let's maintain possession. Let's cycle this thing. Let's wheel. And let's actually try and get another goal, right? Like, and so... I can see how that kind of perspective at times is maybe um, not welcome from a lot of fans, right? But Kevin O'Connell, especially in the second quarter, we talked about that man coverage and we're doing a lot of crossing stuff now, kind of moving the pocket a bit of Dobbs because he's such a good athlete. He's so smart. Um, he has done an exquisite job, Kevin O'Connell. He called an exquisite game uh, as an offensive play caller, not without fault. Even at the very end there, where they they kind of had a punt and there was a hail, hail mary, I mean the play call itself was beautiful. And it was if 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 the turf monster doesn't reach up and grab Dobbs, it's a first down. You know the RPO. And, um. So that was a great play call, right? And 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 you kind of don't really fault O'Connell for that certainly. So if it's not the QB, then it has to be the HC. It has to be the, the head coach. I, I would think. I mean, when you look at it, even even though I will say. Chris Derisaw. But man, when Derisaw and O'Neill are in there doing their thing, I don't think there are any two that are better. Um, even if you go over somewhere like Dallas or Philly or Cleveland, I don't think there's a pair that are better than those two. So the Vikings should be very encouraged with that. But I mean, when you look at, you kind of broke it down there, Sam. Um, would there be any kind of quibble or disagreement as opposed to we're saying like QB of course and then the head coach or where, where are you looking at this or how are you looking at this yeah like again the, the question it's like I was I kind of try to leave it in a way that was up for interpretation of what makes sense and I think you, you see the the quarterback and he is going to be in some ways the obvious oh, answer yeah. Um, yeah you mentioned Dobbs fourth round pick uh, back in in 2017 yeah. Steelers uh, right uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so it's, um, again, watching, watching a mobile quarterback, like the amount of times that he extended drives yesterday uh, with his legs, it was, yeah. it was special. I, yeah. So to answer the question again, yeah. I think the Dobbs is, and does feel like the, um, maybe it is the most obvious answer. Uh, I, I will say though, if I'll like, all of them have, are, are doing stuff like it is a real team effort like that like mm-hmm. the the offensive line i thought played very very well yesterday and you he look did. at this receiving core right you're without justin jefferson the best receiver in the nfl you're without jordan yeah. addison or sorry not jordan addison you're without kj uh, osborne uh, kj osborne uh and so yeah. now you've got a rookie rookie receiver and you've got tj hawkinson and you look at the the amount of catches yesterday like not yeah. a whole lot else of, uh, like there wasn't a whole yeah, lot it's of true yeah. doing stuff uh yeah. yesterday and yeah uh, these guys just continue to make it work, and you could see like Dobbs really had trust in those guys. Like he he threw up some balls, like 
Jordan Addison is not the, the type of receiver that I'm thinking is like a jump ball type of, of receiver. Yeah. Um, like Calvin Johnson, you know what I mean? The, the opposite. But, but yeah. like Dobbs just was like, I'm going to get it to this guy and I'm going to make like, let him make plays yeah. uh, on these balls. Yeah. And, and again, Hawkinson, I think what, how he was used yesterday, was like, oh, okay, like this is, this is what we've been waiting for. This is why you pay, pay the man the most amount of money for, for a tight end in the game. Like he has the ability to really do this. And, and so uh, again, Lots of good things happening right now. Uh, lots of good, I, exciting things. Yeah, go ahead. Can, can I throw one more thing into the mix there? One final thought. I know we're kind of getting towards the end here. Okay, so everyone can see that Dobbs is really friggin' smart. Really friggin' smart. He's the pastor, not as NASA says. And then he's really, really athletic. The trait that's not getting really much airtime at all that should, he's really tough. And I know that sounds cliche, but dude's just like not a, like some, some dudes. Like things collapse down on him, it gets chaotic, and they kind of wilt. Right? That is not Josh Dobbs. And nor does he kind of prematurely leave the pocket and try to swim his legs. Like he'll hang in there, he'll take a shot, he'll keep doing his thing. Uh, when you combine those three attributes, like tremendous, tremendous athleticism, brains, and toughness, you can do something. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's the perfect quarterback. I'm not saying he's as good as Kirk Cousins, but he gives the offense a different element. And uh, I admire how tough he is, as well as how smart and how athletic he is. And it's he's a lot of fun to watch and and to kind of see. He's been here less than two weeks, Sam. <laughs> like, it's just like, if he went into this game and like didn't have a, really a folk man in the offense, that would have been perfectly excusable. But, oh, man, he's an impressive dude. Yeah, what what an underrated move at the trade deadline, right? Like, I think when it happened, it was like, wow, swapping sixth and seventh, good yeah. security. Uh, yeah, and and now it's like you said, people are are talking, people are believing. Shades of Case Keenum. Yeah, people yeah. are people are feeling this one. Yeah, and again, you know what you you did say there that you're not putting them over Kirk Cousins, but again, we're a bit of an emotional podcast here, so we'll just give it a couple of weeks and and uh, <laughs> there you go. And we'll be talking about uh, uh, and again, I there's no dis- this is just, it's the best of again, you certainly you hate the circumstances as to why he's getting this opportunity, but it's fantastic to see him really step into this, this yep. role and uh, it's fun. I, I'm again, curious to see, we got uh, Broncos this week uh right now it's like for Sunday yeah, football. Sean Payton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you gotta yeah. like and then you've and you got the bears before before the yeah. buy and you gotta that's a road game and a home game yeah you gotta hold in, in denver yeah you you make this happen um to to put they could go in at eight and four dude eight and four so crazy. They, be, they began one and four and now they're gonna be favorites for these next two games uh, to to go to eight four, and if you're at eight and four going into your buy, your buy arrives in week thirteen. I think you're saying that's a good football team, especially through all the injuries, right? So, uh, man, I think Vikings fans are probably feeling pretty good right about now. They're probably quite happy. I think so. I think so. So uh, maybe we'll wrap up there. I'll, I'll ask this. We didn't uh, talk about this beforehand, but um, should I hint at some new news, or or do you want to make an announcement now? I, mean, I guess the cats are the bag We're on YouTube, right? right? You know, and really, Sam. I mean, Sam is 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 um, 
he's the beauty in this podcast, right? He's, you know, the, that face, that's the moneymaker. And uh, so kind of getting him on video, I think, was the real boon for us of uh, just attracting a lot of attention because Sam, of course, is this handsome chap. Yeah, well, um, I don't know what to say now, but but essentially, uh, again, we as we think about uh, how to deliver the this podcast, we, we thought that, you know what, adding a YouTube channel, we know that people and, and folks like that uh, sometimes yeah. prefer it. And so if you want to go over and check out uh youtube where where would people go kyle yeah if you want to see handsome sam sometimes referred to as sizzling sam you go over to the vikings territory youtube page or youtube channel excuse me i guess and um we'll be there notes from the north it's the same podcast all it is is adding a video element to it because as sam was saying some people like that and you know what fair enough if you're not really like a podcasty person youtube is still very accessible and familiar and so Maybe that's quite easy as well. So, yeah, check it out if you're. I mean, if you're if you listen, you're here. Then I guess you already know what's up. But yeah, uh, if you're, yeah, exactly. That's right. Just watch it again in the video, or if you're audio and you prefer YouTube, then then hop on over and do it that way. Yeah, yeah. We we uh, we're just glad for however you you decide to to listen and or mm-hmm. watch. So uh, yeah. Again, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we will again be back next Monday. Uh, check out coverage again. Kyle mentioned the Vikings Territory YouTube uh, page, but uh, vikingsterritory.com, purpleptsd.com. Again, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye.